Next on BYU Sports Nation, Mulligan Monday. Redo doesn't count. If you could erase and replay one game for a BYU team in the last year, which game would you choose? Lane Fowler and his biceps join us in Studio B. What's his BYU mulligan, and what will BYU basketball's offense look like next year without Eric Meek? Plus, a top 15 weekend for BYU women's golf. What now for BYU baseball after a forgettable weekend? And what's the chance Eric Mika gets drafted? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, May 22nd, wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with everyone's Monday morning pick-me-up, Jason Shepard. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Like, am I like everybody's energy drink? Is that is that sure. what you're... Sure, yes. That's exactly that... what I was going for. Okay, Jason. all right. Yes. I'm getting sarcasm meter. Muscle milk for everyone. I just had one. On a Literally, Monday always, morning. right before we go on air, right before. <laughs> Contains no milk. I've never been happier for a Monday. Seriously. <laughs> Sunday's rain in the northern Utah area washed away our weekend sorrows after... Let's be honest, a brutal weekend for BYU athletics. There's no way around it. It just stunk, okay? It just stunk. BYU baseball gets swept by Gonzaga. BYU softball, their season comes to an end at the hands of Utah, of all teams. Of all teams. In a blowout, okay? It stinks, period. How did you cope, Jason? Like I do with most things that uh, that depress me, I eat a lot. Ah, yes. Yeah, depressed eating. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah, been so, there. Yeah, lots of eating and denial that it actually happened. <laughs> Food and denial. <laughs> Jerem always asks me, well, what do you do? This is not a joke. I hug my kid. I need to hug my kid after a weekend <laughs> like that. Just to be like, okay, you know what? Life, it's going to be is, all right. This is what's important. It's going to be okay, is, yeah. man. It's going to be okay. Anyway, speaking of that fantastic weekend, let's bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Plug your ears, Jason. BYU baseball swept over the weekend at Gonzaga, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The series at Gonzaga was the first time this season that BYU baseball has been swept. Well, the timing was just dandy, wasn't it? Yeah, that was that was very unexpected. Oh, just yeah, just unexpected. The Cougars end the regular season. Here is, I guess, the cherry on top, if there is any cherry on top, in a three-way tie with the Zags and LMU as the West Coast Conference Tri Champions. It's back-to-back seasons as regular season champions. Now, you're sharing it, but that's still an accomplishment. Okay, so yeah, it sounds familiar, right, with last year. The Cougars will now play, and here's not the not-so-great news, LMU as the three-seed on Thursday at 10 Eastern in the opening round of the West Coast Conference Tournament. Why is that not good news? Because the Cougars have to figure out the pitcher who threw a perfect game against them earlier this year, Corey Abbott. Yeah. Can I drop some Corey Abbott knowledge on you and BYU Sports Nation right now? Sure, why not? Okay, not only was it the perfect game, he was fantastic, obviously. You throw a perfect game, you're fantastic. In conference games this season, against other WCC teams, Corey Abbott's ERA, 
2.27. Hey, you're supposed to be the Monday morning pick-me-up, Jason. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me just, let me, not 2.70. Okay. 0.27. <laughs> per nine innings. Per nine He's innings. up a quarter of a run per nine innings pitched. Yeah. He's really good. Boy, I feel great. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> Feeling great right now. Hey, but you know what? Why not beat the odds? Why, hey? Why not beat the odds? He's due for a loss. How about Absolutely. that? Absolutely. It's coming Thursday. Alex White of BYU Women's Golf tied for 15th out of 132 players at the NCAA Women's Golf Championships. Seven over par right now. White shot 74 and 70, 77 in her first two rounds and tees off this afternoon in the final round of the tournament. Nicely done, Alex. The BYU softball season came to a close on Saturday mm. when the 21st-ranked Cougars lost to Utah, 14-0 in six innings at the Salt Lake City NCAA Regional. The Cougars finished an otherwise magical season with 46 wins, another conference championship, and two tournament victories. Yeah, let's not get hung up in that bitter end for BYU softball. It was a remarkable year. They yeah. were ranked for the longest period of time that they've been ranked in any individual season. 46 wins. That is incredible. Of course, another conference championship. And I know it stings to lose to Utah, but that was a really fun ride from BYU softball. Well, and I mean, it's the same thing with baseball. Now, BYU baseball season is not over, but let's not, yes, the season did not, the regular season did not end the way that you wanted to if you're BYU baseball, but let's not take away from what has been and can still be a very, very positive postseason it's for not BYU. Over. It is not over. This is not over. Not over, baby. Former BYU women's volleyball All-American Alexa Gray will represent Canada on the 2017 Canadian National Volleyball Team. Gray and Team Canada begin training on June 12th in Anaheim, California, along with the United States national team. Good luck to Alexa. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Mulligan Monday. How about it, BYU Sports Nation? Yikes. As we have stated, we need to get this week started the right way. So a hard reset. We've all been in a situation in life where we think, can't we just start this over? Whether it's as a competitor, a fan, a coach, all of us at some point want to hit the reset button on life. I know BYU softball would gladly take a replay of Saturday's regional championship game against Utah or even Friday's winner's bracket game against Utah when they had a lead going into the final half inning. Jason, do you think BYU baseball would take a replay? I don't know, one of the three games they had against Gonzaga? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in yeah. a heartbeat. I don't care what it is. Actual games, video games, an interview, intense family card games, and certainly as fans of BYU, that nightmarish contest that just needs to be played again. Which brings us to our Twitter question. If you could play any game over the past year of BYU sports, which game would it be? At YFangirl underscore JB says, still fresh in my mind, the men's volleyball championship title game. That sweep still hurts twice in a row, too. Now, here's the caveat. Just because you replay a game, that doesn't guarantee a win. It just gives you another shot. It's not one play in a game. It's the entire game. So think about it. Just because a golfer, and I know Jason appreciates this, Hits a bad shot off the tee. It doesn't mean that he or she will automatically re-tee that ball and hit the most amazing shot of their life. 
it could be just as bad. But the unknown is always positive. Exactly. Yes. This is just about giving yourself another chance. Like, if I had one more opportunity, I'm very confident that this would go in a much better direction. With that said, Jason, if you could have BYU play any game over the past year, which game would it be? You know, I think the easy answer uh, would be BYU football at Utah, which is why I'm going with it. Okay. Yeah. The 20-19 okay. loss at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Anytime you lose to Utah, you obviously want to redo. Anytime you lose, it's like, all right, we, we want to go back and try and rectify that situation. But with that game coming down to the final play, it crushes you to think that one play was the difference. And I understand that every, we will all focus, and we, we do focus on that final play. There were things along the way that maybe could have changed things. But when it comes down to the very last play of a game that doesn't go the way you want, you want an opportunity to redo that. And let's not forget, Jamal Williams was not healthy in that uh, game. Ah, yes. Jamal was not healthy. He only rushed for 58 yards on 12 carries. A healthy Jay Swag Daddy, in my opinion, changes the dynamics of that game. I would like that game to be played with a healthy Jamal Williams. You're Jamal. starting running back. For the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, how about BYU just doesn't throw a pick six on the first offensive play from scrimmage? That would be awesome. That would be helpful. Right? There are things in that game that were like, huh? But the one that, that really kind of slows me down from picking that game, Jason, is BYU forced six turnovers. Yes. And Utah probably wouldn't do that again. They probably wouldn't turn the ball over six You're times right. Again. Probably. We would, we, you know, we can't guarantee that there's going to be six. But I think BYU could force seven. So, <laughs> Okay. The one thing that I will side with you there, Jay Swag Daddy, keep him healthy. Uh, and there's no guarantee that he stays healthy, right? If you replay the game, he might get hurt again. But you like the odds. The unknown, right, is optimistic. Yes. Any, if things don't go your way the first time, an opportunity the next time obviously means it turns out better, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. In our minds, it does. That's Jason's number one. Yes. BYU-Utah football up on the hill. For me, I'm going a little bit off the radar. And my uh, clothing selection today was very calculated. I went with the that is nice, by the way. seal of BYU soccer. And I'm going with women's soccer in the Sweet 16 against South Carolina. And I know you think, why would you not agree with Jason and just pick BYU-Utah football? I told you why, okay? And this is the thing. Because I know that it doesn't guarantee a win, I'm going with a team I feel like lost a game that they more often than not would win. And it happened in the Sweet 16 against South Carolina. BYU was the better team on the field. Soccer is super funky that way. You can dominate a game and still lose because of one fluke shot or a deflection or yes. something. Okay, It is a weird game. If the ladies of BYU play that game 10 times, I'm not kidding, they win it 7 or 8. They had one of the best lineups they've ever sported, maybe the best lineup, two of the top 11 picks in the professional draft. They were the better dominant team. But poor officiating is the other thing, Jason. A bogus penalty call gifted South Carolina a golden opportunity on their home field. Bogus! Like that, I take my chances that that dumb call doesn't happen again. <laughs> You're going to roll the dice that the bad officiating doesn't rear its doesn't ugly head. affect the game as majorly as it did. 
This BYU soccer team deserved to be in an Elite Eight probably better. I'm not kidding. They had the tools to win a national championship. They were that good. They were that good, and they got jobbed in the Sweet 16. So if I could pick one game this year, it would be to put BYU women's soccer back in the Sweet 16, where seven out of ten times they beat South Carolina, and they're back in their second Elite Eight. Did you have a back? Because I had a backup. My backup was a BYU basketball game. And I actually went with BYU basketball versus UVU. Yeah, you're not alone in that. I'm sure there are several across the country. You know what? And and let's be honest. A win over UVU in that game certainly doesn't guarantee that the season goes a different direction. But that loss, if you look back on that, it, it set a tone that I'm not sure that the team ever really recovered from. The issues in that game, whether it be defensive issues, whether it be team shooting threes, it, it it plagued them the rest of the year. And my guess is the Wolverines aren't going to hit 18 threes again uh, if you play that again. Nope. And, and no offense to Isaac Nielsen, but I don't think he's going to score 26 again. In fact, he only scored 20-plus points in two games last year, and that was one of them. So, yeah, that would be another one that I would probably replay. Oh, my goodness. Just the anomaly, the strange game, right? That yeah. doesn't go in BYU's favor. Okay, my backup to BYU women's soccer in the Sweet 16 BYU-UCLA football, because it was the Cougars' collectively worst game of the year by far. They could not do anything right on offense. They had seven points in the final two minutes of the game before a touchdown pass from Taysom Hill to Nick Kurtz got them to 14. They only gave up 17 points to the chosen Josh Rosen (laughs) at home and overrated UCLA and didn't win. Now, I'm very confident that if BYU replayed this game, they beat UCLA, and more importantly, Jason, it gives Jamal Williams a chance to not re-injure the ankle that he hurt against Utah the week before. Ah, yes. Jamal staying healthy. There's Play the, the whole game. BYU beats UCLA. They're 2-1. and one. I think the entire dynamic of the season changes if the Cougars win their home opener against UCLA. That game was awful. It was painful to watch the UCLA defense look like all-stars against the BYU offense, okay? I know BYU didn't do a lot of things right, but clearly there's a play or two that they could have made if they replayed that game where they win. That's another situation where I feel like the majority of the time BYU wins that game. I agree. They win all four of the games we brought up. (laughs) We just just put that out there. That's that's why we replay them, man. It's a a guarantee. guarantee. Let's keep it rolling on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUS and join BYU Sports Nation. If you could play any game over from the past year of BYU Sports, which game would it be? Give me the tweets. Tweet, tweet. At Nick Newman 801, the Utah football game. I'm so stinking tired of losing. One play changes it. I know that you focus on that one play, but you've got to play the whole game again. Yes. Are you, are you confident enough that if you played the whole game again, that it goes in BYU's favor? How about this one? At Crazy Kook Fanatic, Boise State football game. So frustrating that we didn't win that winnable game. Hey, and what's the other equation in that game that we talked about with the uh, Utah Jamal game? Williams. Jamal Williams. Did not play at all in that game. <sighs> Coming up, we read more of your tweets on what game from the past year in BYU sports you would want to play over again. Who better than Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, to join that conversation? What's his BYU mulligan in the last year's sports? This is BYU Sports Nation. Look at those biceps. What's trending on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Ahern Rental. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by 
the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday, and that is worded very calculated. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Join BYU Sports Nation at the BYU Fan Fest coming up in Corona, California on June 3rd. I know you guys are looking forward to heading down to Southern California for that. Uh, we will be live from 3 until 5 Eastern time or 12 to 2 local time with Kuka coaches and players. So you can either join us live there uh, in Corona or watch on June 3rd. Listen, I know it's a quick trip for us, but and Corona's part of the fabulous Inland Empire in Southern California. <laughs> just get me to the beach, man, for 10 minutes. Just let me see the ocean. <laughs> and and find my place in the cosmos once again. You and Jerem need to. We need to have like a Jerem and Spencer running the beach montage, <laughs> a la Rocky and Apollo. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, short shorts, knee high socks. And then when you cross awesome. the finish line, then you need to run out in the ocean and jump up and down and hug each other. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, we do a lot of dumb things on this show. I don't know that I would ever, ever go that far. Our Twitter question today, if you could play any game over from the past year of BYU sports, which game would it be? At Billy Russ tweets in, BYU at Michigan State. Now, this is an interesting take because BYU crushed Michigan State. They can out of the box on this one. I like it. I only remember the positive. I'd love to relive that, maybe beat them down harder. Wow. Okay. That is an outside-the-box tweet. Yeah, I'm not going to waste my redo on a game that BYU already won. (laughs) You want another chance to make up something I want to improve on the schedule. I'm with you. Yeah, but I like the way you're thinking there, Billy Rust. I am absolutely with you. Joining us now in Studio B is the man, the myth, the legend, Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, national champion, quarterback at BYU. Welcome back to the show, Blaine. Good to be here. I I keep looking at Shep, and I just keep looking at his mouth. (laughs) Oh, yeah, this is the first time you've seen I me. can't get over it. It's no so, braces. It's yeah. so smooth and shiny. <laughs> I just I can't take my eyes off of his teeth. It's killing me. All right. Now You're welcome, got, Blaine. Now that we've got that out of the way. Oh, th- I'm so glad you brought that Like, I'm trying up. to focus, but I'm just like, wow, wow. look at those teeth. They're huge. <laughs> Yeah, you, that sounds like, thanks, that sounded just like my dad. No, no. The I, very first tweet, I, I sent my dad a picture. You know what he said to me? You look weird. No. It was the very first thing my dad it said to me. Good, but at first I thought, I, I had a flashback to the mask. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Can't make the scene if you don't have the green. I was like, I'm keep waiting for him to come up with some of those lines because I, I, I just picture oh. him as the mask now. Now that's waiting to be memed out or gift out for sure. Side by side, Jason Shepard up close in his grill with the oh, mask. Man. That's going to happen. We're on it. Social media in the house. Hey, uh, Blaine, our Twitter question today I think is very intriguing because – you have to think about it on so many different levels. What BYU game, one sport, one team, one game over the past year would you like a mulligan on and why? Even with no guarantee of the outcome. Yeah, and, and I, I, have, I have two. You guys got a, a first and a backup. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with Shep on this. I want the Utah game back, but I only want two plays. Okay. I only want a mulligan on two plays, and it's because they were two mental error plays. It wasn't physical mistakes. They didn't get beat on these two plays. The opening offensive play of the game that's a pick six, receiver ran the wrong route. uh, The quarterback tried to adjust the route. Then the receiver stopped. So it wasn't like Taysom Hill just made a bad throw. 
bad route, bad decision to throw it anyhow, then, then it's an easy pick six, and so now you spot Utah six points. They didn't take advantage of six turnovers, so points off of turnovers was a big deal, and Utah did. They got that pick six, so I want that one play back, and I want – Hey, even if Taysom just takes a sack, it changes that game. And then I want that two-point conversion. And the reason I want that, again, mental errors. Young team, new offense. They don't have 11 guys on the field when they go out there for that two-point conversion after the timeout because there was discussion about the play on the sideline. They decided at the last minute, and now they get out there, and they've got to wait for the 11th player to run on the field. Taysom Hill turns around and recognizes it's a bad play. They don't have the right numbers but he runs it anyhow. He has to. No timeouts, and he just figures, I can beat that guy. He does beat the guy he had to beat. And then another player, wrong assignment, came across the formation and brought a linebacker across the formation, didn't do his assignment, and that guy makes the Yeah, tackle. you know what's funny about that? Because Jamal Williams is injured, and he's the player that's usually in on that right set. On. He doesn't flash out and take away one of those extra tackling options. It's, it's, so it's just to me, it's like, I just want those two plays back. Because I feel like five games into the season, when they've been together a little longer, they don't make those yeah, mental that, that, Those mental mistakes aren't being just, made like that. That, that just kills you. So that, that's, my, that's the game I want back because I just want those two plays back. But the other game I want, I don't know, this, the most sour game in my mind from last year was the BYU-St. Mary's game in the tournament. Mm. I, I almost went it, with Because that. they just got worked. And because it was – it. I walked away from that game with a really bad taste in my mouth. I felt like, man, it's like they didn't even compete defensively at all. St. Mary's just worked them. If you remember, 81-50 was the final score. St. Mary's shoots over 50% from three and over 50% from the field, while BYU's shooting like 26% from three and 32% from the field. It just, to me, it was such a bad loss, and, and, and the team and we all left with such a bad vibe that I think it launched BYU into the NIT with a really, really negative feeling, and they lost in the NIT because of it. So I felt like the carryover from playing poorly in that game affected them in the tournament. So even if BYU loses that game to St. Mary's again, if they just compete and play yeah, better. That's my feeling. It's like, I don't know if they're going to win that game because I thought St. Mary's was fantastic last year. But I felt like if they came out and they competed and they played really well and they walk away and they go, okay, guys, we played really well. That's a great team. And, and they just out-executed. And we had a chance down the stretch and we played better defense. Now let's go and win some games in the tournament. I feel like that game was so bad that the carryover from that game cost them in the tournament against UT Arlington. So I want that one back. I just want – I don't even care if they win. I just want them to – compete at all. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's the question. Let's say that that happens. Does Eric Mika stay? No. Because that brings us, that brings, and I'm kidding, because that brings us into my next question, because we haven't had you on since Mika officially made the decision he's going to stay in the NBA draft. He's hiring an agent, so his career at BYU is over. When, when you heard that official announcement, what did you think of that decision? So I, I don't know what's going through Eric's mind because I haven't talked to him. I have a ton of respect for him. I think he works hard. And that's, that's whoever gets him, whether he gets drafted and has a chance to play or whether he plays in the D-League um, or whether he goes over to Italy and plays in, in Europe, they're going to get a guy that works like crazy. So I'm not – I wish he was coming back because I feel like they just – kind of got the hang of playing through the post. That's a complete departure from what they've done in, in previous years. Yeah, now they're going back and they had a hard, to what they had a hard doing. time, and they finally started to execute offensively the way they wanted to, and now they got to make a complete shift again and go back the other direction. So f- from BYU's perspective, 
Can they still be good without him? Yeah, they can. They'll go back to what they've been doing. I wish he was coming back, but I understand what he's doing. And, and he keeps saying age isn't a factor. I, I think it's got to be in the back of his mind. He's got to be going, is it going to be any better next year? And I just want to get on with it and go and, and prove that I can I can play. My understanding is that the Utah Jazz workout, that, that he displayed his range pretty pretty well. And BYU didn't ask him to do that. He's going to have to play the four in the NBA or in the D League or maybe even over in Europe. He may be able to play some five in Europe, but he's going to have to display that. I think he has that skill set, but that's what's, that's one of the things that's suspect and then scoring over other bigs when he is down low. Well, and the Jazz aren't the only team that see that workout or hear about that workout, okay? People in the league talk. They share things. And it just takes one team to be like, you know what? He's worth the 57th pick or he's right. worth the 53rd pick or what. What kind of chance do you give Eric Mika to get drafted? If he does, I think it's going to be late, late second round um, and or, or as a free agent. But, but even if you're drafted, because he's not going to move up to the top of the second round or in the first round. So regardless of where you're drafted, it's an uphill battle. It just is, regardless of how good you are. I mean, does everybody remember Kyle Wilcher? Yeah. What did he do last year? I mean, that guy dominated in this league, and he was a – long guy that could go and play the three and had phenomenal range, was a McDonald's All-American, was the SEC sixth man of the year as a freshman at Kentucky on a national championship team. That guy was unbelievably skilled. He was a free agent and played in the D-League last year. I mean, the, the NBA is a league of unbelievable elite talent. Um, and so is Eric a great player? I think he's a great player, but – You've got to be in the right place at the right time. You, you've got to have maybe guys get hurt or hold out to get an opportunity. Uh, and somebody, like you said, it just takes one one organization to think that that they fall in love with your skill set to have an opportunity. But it's going to be an uphill battle for him. It absolutely is an yeah. uphill battle. So we, we you touched on this a minute ago. We all expect BYU's offense to go back to guard-oriented because of personnel. But what do we expect to see on the court from an offensive perspective from this team next season? Well, I, I think they'll be fine offensively. I don't think that that's going to be the problem at all. And and so they're going to have now the most experienced guard line in the league. And now you bring Selyus back into that mix. Now remember, Selyus was as good and a consistent a freshman scorer. Um, he, you could rely on him. If he was open on the perimeter and you're attacking and kicking, which they did back when Selyus was here as a freshman, and he's got his feet set on the line, he's knocking it down. He made over 50% of his threes. Nuts. He made 68 threes as a freshman. So phenomenal three-point shooter. He was over 50% or just under 50% from the field as well. So you have a consistent score. He's going to come back, find that stroke again. So now you go back to an offense that moves the basketball. Sometimes you clear it out. You don't even go anyone down in that post. You bring, you go five out or you go one high and four out and you attack and either attack on the dribble. And with some of the new signees, you got guys that can take it off the dribble. You can go off the pick and roll, but it's going to be more of attack the paint off the dribble and passing the basketball. If the defense collapse now you kick it to open shooters on the perimeter and they knock down those shots and so rather than throw it into the post and work inside out from the post it's going to be an attack from the guard line and kick through the post how much more a part of the offense do you expect Yoli Childs to be I I think we're going to see Yoli Childs um, range displayed more this year because in that type of offense, Yoli's going to come out and he's going to set a, a, a ball screen and then sometimes he'll roll to the basket and we'll see him throw it down in highlight fashion like he's capable. Other times he will pop. He'll just move and, and the guard will kick it and we're going to see him make that elbow extended jump shot. We're going to see guys rush it and we're going to see him ball fake and put the ball on the ground and go finish at the rim. So you're going to see a bigger skill set displayed by Yoli Childs or Yoli Child, and we saw that 
in high school. He's capable of putting the ball on the floor. He has pretty good touch from range. And last year they didn't ask him to do that. BYU's playing through the post. This style of offense, I think, will fit Yoli, Yoli really well. And we're going to see him. I said it a couple weeks ago. He's going to make the biggest jump of anybody this next season. And people are going to go, wow, we didn't know he had that kind of range. His ball handling skills are pretty good. He ought to work out the whole offseason like he's going to play the three. And, and, and if he works out like he's going to play the three and expands that skill set, we're, we're all going to go at the, end, at the end of next season. Man, what a season Yoli had. His AAU coach from the get-go has told me if – they want to spend time with Yoli Childs and put him maybe at the three, certainly as a stretch four, a guy that can shoot from outside. He will do it, and he will be successful doing it. And what, what I want to see out of Yoli, too, is because I, I know he can do that. I want to see him on the defensive end with unbelievable effort. So, so now I don't want anybody to misconstrue what I'm saying here, but I want you to think Kawhi Leonard. Because I, I've known Kawhi since he was in high school. I knew him really well when he was at San Diego State. Lance a, Fowler says no, I'm not Child saying is Yoli Kawhi is Kawhi Leonard. Because we're talking about, <laughs> I think Kawhi is one of the top four players in the NBA. Yes. Period. Um, but as a freshman, Kawhi was a guy um, that hung his hat on defense. He could just shut people down with long arms, good lateral quickness, explosiveness. But we were all going, and he could dunk it and do all that. We were all going, man, does Kawhi have range, though? Can he, go, can he handle the ball? Does he have range? His sophomore year, we're going, oh, wow, look at him face up to the basket. And, and he still stayed stellar on the defensive end. So, so every year, Kawhi's range has improved. His ball handling has improved. I mean, he was before he got hurt the other night, he was dominating. I'm not saying, so don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, hey, Yoli, child, Yoli can, be, can be Kawhi Leonard. But he's got the length. He's got the explosiveness. He's got the lateral quickness. He, he can be that role lockdown defender with length that can just shut people down, a guy that can cause all kinds of problems because he can attack and finish at the rim with explosiveness, and a guy that can develop that range that nobody has seen yet. So so I want to see a, a Kawhi-like jump from freshman to sophomore year out of Yoli. Well, then there's the Heath Schroyer hire coming over from NC State. He returns to BYU after a four-year stint between 1997 and 2001 under Steve Cleveland. Now he's under Dave Rose. What kind of impact do you think that Heath Schroyer can have on guys like Yoli Childs and this entire BYU team? Well, Heath is an energy guy, so he's he, and he's not shy about telling the guys what his expectations are. And I've known I've known him for a long time since he was here the first time, and and dealt with him a lot when he was the coach at Wyoming. And I you know I do that league for ESPN. So he um, he is a very intense coach. He is a very demanding coach, and he is meticulous. And the expectations for the guys, he will set very specific expectations for them on the defensive end. And his mentality is, if you don't want to give me effort there and do exactly what I'm telling you, then you can sit your butt right next to me here on the bench and you don't play. And and I think he's a seasoned and established enough coach that, that he will immediately have the respect of Dave Rose. And if he says, Dave, I think we need to sit this guy to show him a lesson, you know, to teach him something here as a teaching method. And I think Dave will go, you know what? If that's what you think we need to do, then let's do that. So guys are going to know right off the bat, that they better play defense or they'll find themselves with a seat on the bench right next to the coaching staff. Right, I want to ask you a question that we're actually going to dive into on the program tomorrow. Who do you think will have the best pro career of any former Cougar or future Cougar, I guess, any sport in the next five years? Which, which Cougar do you think will have the, the best pro career within the next five years, any sport? So, I mean, this is kind of an easy one, though. Ziggy. Okay. 
You feel like Ziggs. Like Ziggy, that's the I way I'm leaning today. Because I think Ziggy's a pro. I think he's a continual Pro Bowler. As long as he stays healthy, it's so hard in football because guys have to stay healthy. Like I'll tell you, who I think he's going to have a great year next year again. I think Dennis Pitta, and we never talk about Dennis Pitta anymore. Dennis caught eighty-six balls last year. Baltimore Ravens team record. He led. He led tight ends in receptions last year in the NFL, and we don't even talk about him because he kind of went away from the scene for a couple years with all those hip injuries. But Dennis stayed healthy all last year, so I think Dennis is poised to have a breakout season again. Not not that eighty-six receptions is not a breakout season, <laughs> but the Ravens weren't as good as they've been, and so we didn't really look at it but but I think Dennis is poised to be a really really big piece and he's such an unselfish guy you know he just gave up dollars out of his contract so they can surround themselves with better players so he's an unselfish guy and he's he's favorite target of Flacco so I think Dennis can have a great year and a great couple of years but I think Ziggy is one of the elite D linemen in the NFL for the next five or six years, as long as he stays healthy, he's ridiculous. He's a freak. Yeah, if you need to be, if you need to remind yourself on just how much of a freak he is athletically. Go and watch that that uh, that highlight of him running eighty five yards to chase on Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. I mean, this is like he just has. God-given talent yeah. that most people have. So he's a freak. I think of the new guys that just went into the league. So if we're talking about NFL guys, I really think Jamal's going to get an opportunity right off the bat. And I think that he is going to – again, you got to stay healthy. But if he stays healthy, I think he's going to have a nice career with the Green Bay Packers. So I'm, I'm excited to see how that all plays out. But if i got to put money on it, Zig. who's going to be a star? It's Ziggy. There you go. Blaine, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Great to have you back in Good to see you guys. Can we get a flex real fast? Yeah, here we go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wait, here's there. That's better picture. Nice. I, I'm challenging uh, Brian Logan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got work to do, though. I screen cap that, send it to at BLogan7, at Brian Logan 7 yeah, I got stuff. work to do to keep up with up Brian. Up next, we'll play What's the Chance? Eric Mika gets drafted for one. Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. Do it, Jason. Smoking. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Blaine Fowler just talked to us and brought up Jason's really, really shiny, perfect teeth. No, apparently... Big teeth. Oversized teeth. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, uh, what, what game would Blaine Fowler redo if he could pick any one game in the past year of BYU athletics? Interesting stuff from him. He said he wanted two plays from the BYU-Utah game. Which two plays were those? Download the podcast or check it out on BYU TV and the BYU radio apps. Hey, BYU Football Media Day coming up June 23rd is the date. Big day with the state of the program, a special two-hour BYU Sports Nation, and a look back on the Lavelle Edwards coaching tree. Looking forward to that I'm really excited about that final hour, the Lavelle Edwards coaching tree. It's going to be a fantastic day of football on BYU TV, all BYU broadcasting platforms for that matter. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. BYU baseball swept over the weekend by Gonzaga and Spokane, the first sweep that the Cougars have suffered all year. They end the regular season in a three-way tie with the Zags and LMU as West Coast Conference tri-champions. It happened that way last year. The Cougars will now play LMU on Thursday in the opening round of the conference championship tournament and face the pitcher that threw a perfect game against BYU earlier this year, Corey Abbott. 
Alex White of BYU Women's Golf is tied for 15th at 7 over par in the NCAA Championships. White shot 77 and 74 in her first two rounds. She tees off this afternoon in her final round of the tournament. The season for BYU softball came to a close on Saturday when the 21st-ranked Cougars lost to Utah 14-0 in six innings at the Salt Lake NCAA Regional. The ladies finish an otherwise magical season with 46 wins, another conference championship, and two postseason tournament wins. And how about this? Former BYU All-American women's volleyball player Alexa Gray will represent Canada on the 2017 Canadian National Volleyball Team. Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. You like that enthusiasm about this? If you could play any game over from the past year of BYU sports, which game would it be? At HistoryGeek1776 says, the Utah game. BYU needs to end this losing streak. BYU is better than that. Here's the good thing, folks. BYU has another shot at Utah in about 100 days in Provo. When the football season gets going again, there will be another chance. Yeah, you can look at this as your redo, and you get it on your home field. Ah, yes. Doesn't that sound fantastic? It does sound fantastic. Utah playing BYU in Provo. BYU will then again force six turnovers. (laughs) (laughs) And not lose by one point. And not lose by one point. (laughs) Why? Because it hasn't happened, and we want it to turn out that way. (laughs) At Toshilin 19. I'd give the men's volleyball team another shot at that national championship. They were so close. Here's the tough thing. Ohio State is really good. So if you play that game again, does BYU beat Ohio State? I mean, I, I know, again, the unknown is optimistic, right? Yes. But uh, on going against my logic, I feel like Ohio State, because of how they were compiled and the experience they brought back on their home floor, they're, they're going to be win or picked to win that game the majority of the time. Right? Yeah, I mean, like, a, a lot of the ones we're getting are, are games that were close. Things that changed on small things here or there. Yeah, and I'm leaning towards, like, a game I feel like BYU would win the majority of the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one, at at Nick Lee 51 the answer will always be a game involving Utah until we beat that school from up north, kick the extra point, and see what happens in overtime. There's no guarantee that if you replay the game that it gets to that point where you have the option to kick the extra yeah, point. I think it does, though. I'm pretty sure it does. <laughs> the question isn't if you could pick one play over again. It's one entire game. Or if game. you pick one game that is a guaranteed win. <laughs> Which we all know, be why you play the game again, they would win. Yeah, well, you know, we'll have this conversation later this summer. Would you rather beat LSU or Utah? We'll, we will have that conversation later in the summer. Would you rather beat LSU or Utah? I won't, I won't waste my answer. Oh, my easy. goodness. At March the Miller, or Mark the Miller, sorry, the men's basketball game against Utah Valley. That was my backup. That's li- what I went in with. In line with you, Shep. Up next... Cougar whip around. We'll get you caught up on the weekend. Not that you want to remember the weekend for a couple of reasons. But first, what's the chance that you give BYU football a chance to start 2-1 this approaching season? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Big things coming uh, BYU Sports Nation's way on June 3rd. You can join BYUSN at the BYU Fan Fest in Corona, California, coming up on June 3rd. We will be live from 3 until 5 Eastern Time. If you're local there in California, that would be 12 to 2. We'll have Cougar players and coaches. You can join us live or watch us on June 3rd. Yes, I I will l- allow Jerem Jordan to beat me in a foot race on the beach just to make himself feel better after I have dominated him so many different okay, times. Okay, so you're the you're Apollo then, yes. and Jerem is Rocky. <laughs> yes. In that specific instance, yes. Okay. Because usually in a foot race, and I'll challenge him any day he wants to, I, I feel like I'm coming out on elite, top in a foot race. Elite speed right here. Elite. Hashtag elite. <laughs> Unofficial 516. What up? Yeah. <laughs> Twitter question today. At not dry, just flaky. Tweets in. Answering the question, which game would you replay in the past year of BYU sports if you could redo one game over? Toss up between Utah football and Utah Valley basketball. I like this guy. But if a do-over for Utah also means a do-over for my econ midterm that same weekend, <laughs> I'll take it. Ah, yes. Just redo the day. Ulterior motives. <laughs> yeah. Just relive the day. Oh, part of my superpowers are uh, time travel, Jason. So I still, uh, anybody that would pick any superpower other than flying, I worry about. Time travel, man. And the ability to see what one decision, how it would impact two different courses. Like, if BYU does beat Utah in football, how would that change the entire course of our history? Yeah, I'll just drown my sorrows by flying across the country in the air, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. you think bigger than that. At least fly and be on fire or something, you know? (laughs) I don't know. I don't need to add a degree of difficulty. <laughs> I just want to fly. Let's play What's the Chance, shall we? BYU Sports Nation asks, What's the Chance? What's the Chance Jason ever flies as a superhero? <laughs> Zero percent. Zero. Okay, that's not an actual question. Pretty self-explanatory here. If you're new to the program, we throw out a scenario, and Jason and I attribute a percentile to that said thing. Number one. Well, first, before we get to that, according to Blaine Fowler, Jason already has a superhero power. It's his <laughs> smile. <laughs> Flash those big pearlies. <laughs> Smokin'. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, look at that. It's pretty white. <laughs> Number one, what's the chance Eric Mika gets drafted in next month's NBA draft? You want to go first, Jason? Yeah, I'll go first. I'm going to give it a 30% chance. Okay. A 30 Look, I fully agree with Coach Cleveland and, and, and others we've talked to that believe Eric is going to turn some heads in these personal workouts. Blaine even referenced um, Walt Perrin, one of the uh, scouts for the Utah Jazz, that was very complimentary of Eric's workout with the Jazz a couple weeks ago. And I think you're going to start to see more and more of that. So I mean, right now, though, he's not projected. So I, I can't go above 50% right now because it's just not there. But I, I think I, I'm going to go 30%. I think there's a chance based off of these workouts. But he's got some work to do. Yeah, I'd probably say 25%. And that's not a knock on Eric's no. capability or his ceiling or his work ethic because I feel like those things will get him onto an NBA roster. Yeah. Like, he'll play in the NBA. I just don't know if he's going to get drafted. You have – it's only 60 picks. There are only 60 picks in the NBA draft. And right now he's projected in most major publications – Outside of the top 60. Granted, it only takes one team, so let's not deal in absolutes. I'm going to give him a shot, 25%, but I just it's going to be tough 
for, unless one team is really high on him and is like, yeah, we, we want to take him with our second-round pick. Number two. What's the chance BYU baseball bounces back to win the WCC tournament? What do you think about the bounce-back opportunity, Jason? Well, the bounce-back opportunity is there. There's no, and remember, it is double elimination, okay? You, if, you lo- if any team loses a game, you have an, another opportunity to play. So I, I still like BYU's chances. We've seen this team all year long. I, I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them a an 85 percent chance. Whoa! Look Coming at off wh- a sweep to Gonzaga. Look at what this team. That series was the odd series this year. Okay. The BYU bats average nine runs a game. In that series, they averaged two point six. Okay, it's less than three. Is that Gonzaga pitching, or is it BYU hitting, not just showing up? It's 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 as the answer is always. It's probably both. Okay, but this team is too good to have that be the norm for them. It wasn't the norm this year, so I still think they have a fantastic chance to go into this tournament and play well and win it and win that automatic bid. So yeah, eighty five percent. That's really high, and I think it's a little bit too high, not just a little bit, probably way too high, because of where they start the tournament against Corey Abbott of LMU. He's the best pitcher in the He's conference. due for a loss, Spencer. I know he's due for a loss, but... Hey, even if they lose, it doesn't mean they, they can't go all the way to win get it. get a hit off him last time, let alone a run. Not saying they won't, because the bats are legit, and I'm not trying... I am not trying to say that BYU baseball is not capable of hitting Corey Abbott... But if we're looking at percentages and trying to be logical here and rational, I say 50% chance because BYU has to start against LMU. If they were playing St. Mary's, Jason, I'd be with you. 85%. 85% that they win the West Coast Conference Tournament if they had won one game against Gonzaga and were the number one seed taken on St. Mary's because they swept St. Mary's. Yes. And they match up against St. Mary's pitching better than they do against LMU and Corey Abbott. It's just it's a tough break. I I, I want to see Gonzaga pitching do that against BYU again because I don't think it's possible. Oh, I, I don't. I just don't. If BYU can somehow find a way to beat LMU, I'll join you on the 85% train. Right now, 50% because that is such a huge challenge they face coming up later this week. Number three. What's the chance BYU football begins the season 2-1? and one? I'll go first here, and I will say 75% chance. BYU starts the season 2-1. and one. They're going to beat Portland State. They will get one win. After that, I like BYU's chances against Utah, specifically yep. at home. Yep. They get them at home. Do you think the motivation is there? Goodness gracious. And Utah just lost how many guys to the NFL? Eight or whatever it was? They I, lost I a counting. load of talent, and they're not sure what they're going to bring back on quarterback. So their offensive question marks continue, but now they got to play BYU on the road. Yeah, brand-new offense again. And BYU's not dealing with a brand-new offense and a brand-new coaching staff. They have some carryover, and it's fantastic. Yes. So I like BYU's chances at home. 75% chance BYU starts 2-1 and one in football this upcoming season. All right. See, I, I actually was also going to go with 75%. Okay. But since I can be more positive than you, wow. I am going to Blue say – just so I can say, oh, I, I think I think they have a better chance than Spencer does. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I agree with you. the The two games, in, in all likelihood, is Portland State and Utah. Yeah, because people are like, well, let's not not give BYU a chance against LSU. 
this is going to be LSU's first game. BYU will have a game under their belts, yes. which will be beneficial. But calling for a 75% chance to beat LSU, I can't do that. I, 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 I think do this it. year, and I understand the losing streak, and until you, you beat a team, you know, it, it's difficult to pick the team that's lost that many in a row. But I, 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 I like BYU's chances this year going up against Utah, I do. Okay. 75.1% chance, yeah. of course. Wow, look at him. So negative. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. What's the chance we do countdown to the Vikings day in order to look ahead? Hit it. Countdown to the Vikings. 96 days. I'd say 100% chance yes. on that, Ben Bagley. Can you be retroactive since we just did it? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how that well, works. Well, of course we're going to do it because we do want to look done. ahead. Man, it's, it's Happy Monday, right? And part of the Happy Monday is a shout-out to Chad Lewis, yes. number 96, all-time great within BYU football, 96 days away from the BYU football season. That man is the most positive person I've ever met in my life. It's fitting that, it's oh, fitting that awesome. we would do this on this yes. Happy Monday. Yes. Cougar Whip Around hits next. What's Ashley Hatch, former soccer star, up to? BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guest, Blaine Fowler. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up tomorrow, BYU baseball head coach and all-around good guy, Mike Littlewood, as well as Between the Lines, let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Baseball. BYU baseball swept over the weekend at Gonzaga. The Cougars in a three-way tie as the WCC Tri-Champions. They will face LMU Thursday night in the opening round of the WCC tournament and face Corey Abbott at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Golf. Alex White of BYU Women's Golf tied for 15th at 7 over par in the NCAA Championships. She shot 77 and 74 in her first two rounds. Tees off this afternoon in the final round of the tournament. Softball. Season for BYU softball is over after losing 14 to nothing on Saturday to Utah in six innings. Congrats on a great season, ladies. Volleyball. Former BYU All-American women's volleyball star Alexa Gray will represent Team Canada in 2017 and the Canadian national volleyball team. Soccer. Former BYU star Ashley Hatch played 45 minutes for the North Carolina Courage yesterday in a loss. She had three shots on goal. First place team in the NWSL. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need the most, DexterLaw.com. I'm giving it to the four BYU softball seniors. McKenna Bull, Lauren Bell, Ashley Thompson, and Mackenzie St. Clair. 46 wins. Outstanding season. If you could replay any one BYU game over the last year, which would you choose? Our elite tweet of the day from at Corliss 4 Easy, BYU-Utah football. Even if it's the whole game with no guarantees of turnovers, if you finish the game with a healthy Jamal, it's a win. That's right. Conversation continuing 24-7. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to every BYU team that wants to play a game again.